Wyatt, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Lab NBA podcast. We're back after two weeks. We took a break because, you know, unfortunately, the Kobe death struck that um, the first week that we was going to record. And then the second week we was going to record, it was the Super Bowl, so we decided not to record. So, of course, we're going to start off with the Kobe news. Probably definitely one of the saddest days in sports or just in general. It was um, something that happened that was so unexpected and probably still doesn't feel real to this day, honestly. But we saw around the league that there was a lot of tributes, including the eight second and 24 second violations. There was um, tribute videos, moments of silence. And now there are a bunch of players that are wearing different numbers. Um, They've changed their numbers in honor of um, Kobe, such as Spencer Dinwiddie, Terrence Ross, Mason Plumley, and Harkless, among others. The NBA did a smart decision in postponing that Clippers um Lakers game that was supposed to be played that that Tuesday that week. And then the Lakers honored Kobe with a pregame, I guess, memorial service like tribute before the Blazers game. I mean, I, I saw the tribute. I didn't get to watch the the game, but I made sure to catch the tribute because I wanted to, like, see how the Lakers would honor Kobe Bryant and his legacy because, you know, obviously how much he meant to that city, to that team, and to the players on that team, including LeBron. Uh, I remember LeBron had that speech, I guess, in the beginning of the game, and then he had he had something written on paper, but then he just decided to, get rid of it altogether and speak from the heart. I, I like that part, but it was just a rough week overall. So I turned I turn the floor to you guys, how you guys, um, I guess, found out about the news and, like, how y'all feeling about it still? <clears throat> oh, that's just hard for me to – I don't want to speak about it personally. Like, I, like um, recently, like, I just – Probably just got out of my system, but you know, still around. Um, it's hard to do it still to this day, but um, I, I don't know. I'm still interested in a new story to see what's going on. I don't like how that thing really happened. Like it's sudden. I don't know um, how to feel about that. Really, um, I'm happy that they um postponed that Clippers and Lakers game, though. I am happy to propose that because for sure, I was going. I don't think anyone would have been able to play that game. And the fact that they had games that day, I know that was difficult for NBA players in general because I know that was difficult for me. And they played against him. They know him personally. You feel me? So they're going to feel that even harder. So I respect that. All the players that played that day, I have a much respect for them, honestly. I could respect that. I mean, when I found out, I was I was currently, I was at a studio just working on some time projects and stuff. At first, when I just saw the TMZ report, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was fake because I'm just like, this is kind of random. Why would this be happening right now? And then once the like the actual report came out, Bleacher Report, I was I was shocked. I still can't believe it to this day. I mean, I'm glad they're respecting all the all the memorials he's been getting, and uh, really, man, there's not much more to say to that piece of Kobe. Man's a, man was a legend and I feel like you gotta keep playing on for Kobe. Facts. Yo, when I saw the TMZ report, I was like 
I was like, nah, this got to be TMZ going back, going back to the old tricks of like hacking, getting hacked and stuff, or they was just putting out like a fake story, because like the yeah. first, the first like what you call it, the first like thirty minutes that the news came out, everybody was just like, yo, is this like real? And then like as more and more like stories came out, it was like, yo, like this really happened. The one thing I don't like about all this is how the like certain media outlets were like they were fiending to get the story out first that they came out with so many incorrect facts that got so many people scared. And on top of that, they didn't even notify his family like his family didn't even know about the news until it came out through the news. Like, like I just found that like that was just like so I, f- I felt like that was so wrong on so many levels because like you had I don't know if you guys saw when um Rick Fox was um speaking on um NBA on TNT how he was talking about how his family was dealing with the news that they thought that he had died on that that helicopter crash and then to figure out that he wasn't on the crash it was just like I don't know like I just found that I know the media does a lot to like get out stories but I never thought they would like do what they did that day to get out those stories but yeah yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I feel like the I feel like news newscasters and like news sources, they and the media in general, they just gotta really understand that like these are actual people, and I feel like they shouldn't just rush to be to have like be the first to have the story. I feel like we should we gotta do a better job of just getting facts straight, especially in like sad situations such as the helicopter crash because there was like times they were talking about rick fox was on there and it was just like this like you can't just be throwing out names throwing out like additional casualties when you don't really know what's happening i feel like you should just be like deadly crash and like we're still updating the details as we go but to really just create the spectacle can really be unnecessary and make it hard for those we're like facing the rough time, so they gotta do better. Yeah, um, when I found out, um, I had literally just got home, and my brother had told me, um, I was upstairs at the time, he had told me, and I literally sat down on the floor for probably like an hour or two, then I moved until you know, I, I thought I was praying I got those fakes, you know, these different articles. I was like, I right, gotta be fake, it gotta be fake, and then, um, then once you go on, went, went on ESPN or whatever, and um. Yeah, from there, just you know, it's, that was a rough, not a rough day. That was just a rough week. Yeah, that, was just, that, was, that was just a rough week. I don't like how twenty twenty starting. Just right after earthquakes happening, a lot of stuff just happened. I don't like how twenty twenty moving right now. I mean, I'm like in February right now. Personally, I'm like in February right now, but that January, it wasn't it. It wasn't it. Honestly, yeah, rest in peace to Kobe though. Facts. Rest in peace to Kobe and Gianna and all those seven other lives lost on the helicopter. Uh, yes. So let's let's get into some NBA news because we haven't been on here in like it feels like we haven't been on here in like a month, but it's only been like two weeks or whatever. Yeah. But we had the Zion debut. That game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember that game, but that game was kind of dry yeah, at that. first. Oh, and then, oh, Z- off, yeah. and then oh, Zion just started. We no, we never got a chance to. Nah, man, man. <laughs> I was at work, right? I was at work doing stuff I'm not supposed to do, watching the game, whatever. And man had five points, right? I left work at eleven o'clock. <laughs> I got home at like 
what, like 11, 22, I don't know the exact time. And I swear to you, all I see is he got 22, and I was like, no way. <laughs> There's no way. That That's... game was was definitely one of the best debuts for any rookie, especially yeah, in the fourth in a quarter. Yeah. And when you're down, when you're down, mind you, he's down, mind you. He's not not like he's up and they're blowing them out. He's down, bro. So no easy shots. I mean, no easy shots when you watch them. But like either way, he had to hit them. He yeah. did. I like so, the confidence that he showed in, in taking those shots. The fact, and that's that's what's gonna put him aside from a lot of um athletic people because he's not scared to shoot that three. Yeah. So you know, hopefully he's not like Russell Westbrook now. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he don't go to this offseason practicing dunking and stuff. But um, he working, he's working. You know, like a Speaking of the Zion debut, yeah. I feel like he did it. I feel like even though the game was dry in the beginning. I knew that eventually, like, he was going to start playing eventually. Because I feel like, you know, everybody wanted him to start shooting off the rip the moment he came in the game. But I feel like he showed a lot of maturity in there. Like, he just went into the game. He let the game come to him, really. And he wasn't fucking shots or anything like that. Uh, people were just giving him the space to take jump shots. And he was like, yeah, this shit is cash. And, and that's what I like about him. Because he's not like Ben Simmons, who's scared to take those jump shots. He's taking what the defense gives him. And I remember that night when I, I came home from the Knicks game that night. So I had I had to catch the game on my phone on the bus on my way home. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was shook. But then I went to Twitter to see what Twitter had to say. Because, you know, Twitter's always saying something because they swear they're so smart and they write all the time. That's part of the NBA Twitter I don't like. But anyways, um, they was like, oh... Why why y'all comparing Ben Simmons to Zion? Blah blah blah. Ben's not a shooter. No, who who said Zion was a shooter either? But all Zion was doing was just taking what the defense gives him, showing that he's not afraid, showing that he got it in his arsenal, even if it's not something that's consistent. And he's keeping the defenses on their toes. Unlike Ben, Ben only took like what two two threes, and he took them in like what garbage minutes of like a blowout yeah. or whatever. Like, come on. <laughs> Come on, you can't say, oh, Ben's not a shooter, and then you have Zion, who's like the ultimate non-shooter, come out in his debut and go four for four. I mean, since then, he hasn't hit a three, but I mean, he, he's been taking some. So that's something That's something within itself. Mm -hmm. um, watching him play, though, is scary because he's not even 100%. Yeah. Right now. He's never 100%. And you can still see it. Like, he's playing like iffy. Because this is not the same Zion we saw in college, bro. The way he's walking. Like, when you watch that, that first game, you can see he wasn't even trying to play defense that game. Yeah. There's a couple blocks he could have got. Like, if you really wanted them, Zion, I know in college, that was, I was hungry for them blocks, he would have got them. So, I feel as if once he sets, like, really settled in, it's going to be scarier. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because also, in addition to, like, him, you know, playing a little bit, uh, a little hesitant because you know you got a lot of the injuries he's dealing with. I also think like he's just scared because Pel like the Pelicans management, they're like they have a lot of money banking on and I feel like they're just like he's scared to really play how you want to play because like the moment something happened, he like they're gonna sit him down for like nothing. Like I I mean we don't we'll see it a couple like couple Yeah, because he's already going to a little injury bug right now, but he's playing through it, which I like. I like that. Yeah. I heard something about his toe. 
And you know, he could have just sat out. He's like, nah, he's a player. He's a yeah, he, he, he had a toe, yeah, he had a toe, he had a toe sprain. He played through that. He has an ankle sprain. I think he sat for that one. But ankle sprain, yeah. I understand. But either way, like you gotta understand, he wants to play basketball, bro. So yeah. you gotta have respect for him. A lot of people said, Oh, he should have come back this season. Everyone got these different opinions. I always disagree with that though. If you want to play basketball, you don't play basketball. And obviously, Word. you can see, like you can see he's holding back literally because he wants to play. But he knows if he goes too hard, what's gonna happen. But I mean he's so, he's he's played pretty well so far. He's averaging about 20 points per game, about eight and a half rebounds, two assists. And it looks too 57, easy. 57% from the field. Um it, lo- since, it looks too easy, bro. And since since the game, since his first game where he went four for four for three, he's taken five threes since then and he's missed all of them but i mean at least he's still taking them so if he's open and he's shooting them what can we we can't be upset with him bro we can't be upset and we know you can hit one so let if you're gonna shoot them let him shoot you know i mean it's all those ben simmons stands out there it's not a crime to want ben simmons to shoot i just want him to be a better player for him and Embiid, because we're gonna talk about that later into that all right, let's get into um just some quick NBA salary cap news. Um, apparently Daryl Morey's um tweet about China cost the NBA about 150 million to 200 million dollars in sponsorships from China, so the salary cap is expected to drop. Wait, so, wait, wait, what happened? Remember that? Um, I, we never got a chance to talk about this because this happened like the very, very beginning of the season. Not even the beginning of the season. It happened in preseason. I don't know if you remember when Daryl Morey. He tweeted out, we stand with um, Hong Kong. And Hong Kong has been going through some back and forth political um, conflict with China. And since that tweet, after that tweet, there was a lot of like drama between the NBA and China. Um, The owner was considering firing um, Daryl Morey at one point. Um, What else happened? Adam Silver had made a statement and then LeBron had made a statement and there was a whole conversation about that, how LeBron was like protecting his assets, I guess, in China or whatever. Oh, okay. I think I recall what you're talking about. Yeah. So ever since that tweet, now we're seeing the repercussions of that because I think NBA games weren't being broadcast in like China for like, I think the whole season they haven't been being broadcast in China. So yeah and they lost they lost all those they lost all that sponsorship i guess money with the nba so now um the salary cap is expected to drop this um this coming season mm, it's crazy how much money you watch really get from china even the nba but, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's um i don't know it hasn't been really spoken about i haven't i'm this is yeah like, it's something that died it died down like a couple of weeks after the beginning of the season but now it's being brought up again because, you know, the NBA usually go. This is, this is around the time when the NBA releases, like, all the salary cap projections for the, the, the years to come. Mm. And usually, as of late, the, the NBA salary cap has been jumping because of all the sponsorships and, like, the viewership and all that and other stuff. Doing it. And now it's dropping because, um, because of Daryl Morey's um, tweet that led to all the sponsorships being lost with China. I don't think it's gonna have a super super big effect. Yeah, yeah, the cap is not expected to drop that much. I think it's supposed to drop about like, I think like one to two, two to three million maybe. Yeah, so but, if that's the case, we could afford that. But but I feel like it affects how like certain contracts will be. Um, it may it may affect certain teams' salary cap 
um things because um they may they may not be able to re-sign certain players or sign people who they want, etc. I don't know. I, I don't think, think it affected that much though. Yeah, they'll figure it out. The NBA will. They, they definitely gonna figure it out. Definitely gonna figure it out. Um, uh, other than that, like the salary cap. I mean, China. Don't we still got Roy? Um, what's your name? Roy. I can't even say his last name. From the Wizards. He's from Japan. He's from Japan. Okay. See. Yeah. Nah, I'm. I'm sorry to any Chinese listeners for mixing that up. <laughs> My apologies. I know it's either China or Japan he's from. But uh, okay. Understandable. All right. Uh, do we want to talk about the Knicks versus Grizzlies little beef or whatever? We got, or... A, lot, we got a lot to talk about, honestly. So we we do, but... We have a lot I'm, to talk about. I'm trying to figure out what's, what's really worth our time today. That um, Knicks and Memphis beef not really worth the time, though. That's just, you know, players fighting. Players, I mean, Kyle right, was, was wrong. All right, so let's get into Memphis versus um, Andre Godala, I guess. Or, I like yes. that one. That's not that all one. Right, so the first tweet that started all this commotion was David Aldridge. He said, per league sources, Andre Godala is prepared to sit out the rest of the season. If Memphis isn't able to orchestrate a trade with one of the agreed upon teams, he designated by Thursday's trade, trade deadline. Um, that day, I guess the Memphis Grizzlies were playing. I think they won that game. And after the game, they asked Dylan Brooks about like if the Andre Godala news was like distracting to the team or whatever. And he said, it doesn't, it doesn't bother him. You know, he knows Andre Godala is a good player. He's doing what's best for him at this time in his career. But he also said, and this is the part that was included in the quote, because you know, the media is going to try to, the media is going to try to skew this answer and make it seem like it's worse than it was. He did give his props to Igadala, but then he also said, I can't wait till we find a way to trade him so we can play him and show him what, what really show him really what Memphis is about. And then John Morant tweeted out the emoji that was um that, that was shouting, I guess, in agreement in agreement with Dylan Brooks um statement. And several other Grizzlies players tweeted out, retweeted that tweets, and they were in agreement as well. And then Steph Curry chimed in, tweeting out, you know, simple picture of Andre Godala with holding up three fingers, Man. championship trophy. Mm-hmm. And then John Morant tweeted back a picture of Kevin Durant. So there <laughs> we go. I, I like John Morant. I like John Morant. So there we go. He not scared, bro. And I, I respect that because he took this. this oh, wait, no, he, wait, wait, wait. Before you keep going, I will say that he did say after that little thing with him and Steph, he and Steph did DM after. He he is a Steph fan after all. He said mm-hmm. that. He said he, he's been a Steph fan for a minute. And if I you go back to his tweets, yeah. I mean, and when you go back to his tweets, he, he even said, even though he was rooting for the Rockets, he was like secretly rooting for Steph because, you know, he likes Steph. And he said he mm-hmm. DM Steph after the whole thing. He said they're cool. He just, you know, that's something that's, it's just a competitive thing. And of course, everyone's going to respect that. And that's, just, and that's what, that's what, that's what you call maturity. That's what you call maturity yeah. in a, in a, um, in a rookie, bro. Fact. That's very mature. Cause there's immature no. rookies out here. Jackson Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> now we got <laughs> there, there's, there's immature rookies and then there's John Morant. And John Morant is showing he's one of the more mature rookies. Especially even when Zion came back, they tried to make a little sign and John Morant beef, like, oh, da, 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 da. and here goes Jaw, like, yo, bro, me and Zion is friends, bro. I support that man. And yeah. stuff like that is what I like to see from 
African-American men. Facts. Because oftentimes when it comes to African-American men, we can be ignorant, bro. It's times you can be very ignorant and mm-hmm. say stuff we don't mean and say stuff out of out of pocket. But John Morant, that level of maturity is showing, and I respect it. I, like, I gain more respect for him after that. Not and, only he's compe- and he's competitive, too. So yes, it's just bro. like... Because not only did he stick up for his team, but he stuck up for himself, bro, at the same time. He stuck up for the team, stuck up for himself, and he did a mature... Like, he could have... He could have it could have went out like um KD and Perkins, bro. That's happened <laughs> between them two. That's immaturity. And they're grown men. Facts. Happened between them is immaturity. I put that more on Perkins though, because he was on a mission. Perkins was on a mission. We I think we spoke about that, but Perkins was on a mission. Yeah, we but, did speak about that. Yeah, but John Morant, I have I have the utmost respect for him, and I I understand like Iggy. The team is a contending team. I don't see. Like, if Iggy has a what, like three chips already? Um, again, like three championships. Yeah, three championships. So I don't understand. Is he chasing more? Like, yeah, he's chasing I, more because you know it's the back of his, it's the back end of his career, and like he nothing even, for him to really prove though. Like he, nah, and he said himself. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, but last year during their last run together in Golden State, they had like a group interview with like five of them. It was Steph, Clay. KD, Iguodala, and Sean Livingston. It was on 60 Minutes, and they was talking about, like, the the the, the interviewer, he was like, um, when it gets towards, like, the end of your career, like, do you see yourself playing anywhere else right now? And Andre Iguodala was like, nah, not really. If you're gonna, if you're gonna try to recruit me, this better be the blueprint, talking about, like, the structure of Golden State, which means, like, he basically wants to be on, like, a contending team that's gonna be contending consistently. So, I get what he's saying. It's like you're, you, you, it's it's towards the end of your career. You don't want to be on a team where they're asking you to do more than than you than you can. Mm-hmm. So I get what he's saying, and we're gonna talk about the trades later. So I don't want to get into where he got. For. I'm excited yeah. for that part. All right. Um. Next news is Knicks fire president Steve Mills, and they're looking at Masai Ujiri. I will note that ever since they did fire Mills, they went on a four-game win streak. Game win streak, mm-hmm. and I, I, which I, I got snapped today. Games. I don't watch in their games recently, so <laughs> um, shout out to the Knicks for four straight wins. The first time since what two thousand and what seventeen? Actually, that picture that I shared the other day on social media was wrong. I should have researched my silly me. I should have researched. It's yeah, since two thousand seventeen. Either way, that's three years without four straight wins, and I'll be damned. True. That's tough. So, shout out to to the Knicks for getting four straight wins. Shout out to Alfred Payton. Shout out to Julius Randle. They're putting on for their team. Shout out to Ellington. Shout out to him too. Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Shout out to Robinson for a fact. And he's really underrated. I want to speak about him later. He's underrated. He is so underrated. And I feel like he got... uh, We're going to speak on the Rising Stars rosters later. But I feel like he got disrespected by not being included on Team USA. He's really... Underrated, and he has the potential to be a monster, really. But that's a fact. The Knicks not using him properly, obviously. But we're gonna see. We're gonna see. They're winning games, though, so that's what matters right now. They only five games out of eight spot. So see, five games not a lot of games. So they could definitely. I don't know if they're gonna make some changes. I don't know. They, they traded their best. Um, when well, I ain't gonna say their best, but probably one of their best offensive players on that team for more yeah. defense. So. We're gonna see how that works out. But um when referring to the president, I mean the the guy from the Raptors, what's his name again? Um Masai Jiri. Masai Jiri, yeah. 
I mean, he went to the Raptors and got them a chip. He got them Kawhi, et cetera. So, yeah, I know his bag is looking heavy. His bag is heavy. I, I'm honestly, hearing that if the Knicks were what happened? Honestly, I feel like Masai would next. I feel like I feel like I say repeat that. I feel like no, I say I feel like Masai Ujiri isn't the Knicks. I feel like I feel like the Knicks, they gotta like they need to stop. Like they, they do a bad Star job. hunting? Yeah, they do a bad job of like star hunting and just like building a team at least with the current front office that they have in my opinion i feel like the knicks they draft all this young talent trade and they don't, de- and they don't develop yeah, them don't develop them don't give them no play time and then you trade away the players that actually want to be there i don't know like maybe marcus morris is the best option i feel like he's not the best option but at the end of the day he's having his career best and you know i feel like as a team that doesn't have anything least you can do is show like the league and players that you have some type of loyalty because that's why people don't True. come to the Knicks. But that's that's a whole other topic. But yeah, we'll speak on overall, the trades after. Yeah, overall though, I'm glad the Knicks is on that four game win streak. They're definitely getting it together. I feel like getting rid of uh Fizdale was a good step. Not saying it was Fizdale's fault while they were losing, but Clearly, the new four, they weren't no four game winning streak when Fizdale was there. So they won four games total with Fizdale this year. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that tells that tells you all you need to know right there. So yeah, so I'm gonna give. I ain't gonna put all them on Fizdale, but when your team gets four wins while you're there, who else to put the blame on? I mean, the team not that good, but at the same time, you tell me you can't pull out more than four wins while you're there. <laughs> his rotate. Oh, I don't even want to speak on Fizdale because his rotations used to piss me off, yo. And as you can see, the Knicks lineup, they, they found, found, first of all, they had Alfred Payton all season, and they're now utilizing him. Well, he was injured for a good part of the season, so I, okay. I'll say that. He was all injured, right. but even when, he, when, even when he came back, like, yo, he was playing, yo, Fisdale, I don't want to talk about Fisdale anymore, because that man pissed me off. But anyways, <laughs> next news. John Wall is back on the court working out, and Kevin Durant is now back on the court run- working out. This one's for you, Kev. Um, so as you can see, right, I seen some comments, right? People were saying, right, <laughs> hold on, y'all laughing before I say anything. That's a problem, bro. Here's the thing, right? People were saying he looking slow. Da 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 da. kind chunky. First of all, let's address this number one, right? It's, he's not fully recovered. Okay? Therefore, his speed is not there. He starts to go to rehab and learn how to run again and learn how to walk like Zion. So... Two years or what? What do you... Or is bro, that just besides the point? Bro, can y'all relax? Just relax. <laughs> now. Now, no, now. The good thing, the good news is John Wall is not the best player on the Wizards anymore. Therefore, hmm. when he returns, his workload will be less. Okay. So you his, think? Oh, no. So I know. Cabelli Bill is definitely the star of that team. He averages 29 points. Come on now, bro. A lot of people don't average 29 points. Bradley Bill averages 29 points. He's on a mission to win. I mean, the roster doodle, uh, we're going through a lot of injuries, though, for sure. We are. Thomas Bryant been off half the season. Roy been injured. Then we got to deal with five, nine point guards. 
Then we got, got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So, and at the end of the day, I, even with all of that, like the roster, we still have one of the best offensive ratings. It's just the defense, which is why we're losing so much games. My Wizards. Um. So, yes. Now for K- Kevin Durant. Listen, all I'm gotta say, a lot of people was down KD. So talking about, oh, he's not gonna come back the same. Da, da, da. All I'm gonna tell y'all is just watch. That's all I'm gonna see on KD is watch. Cause when the Nets is in the playoffs and we in the finals, whatever, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if he really didn't come back the same like everybody else saying. Cause what people are forgetting, KD is not somebody who relies on that athleticism, bro. You gotta true, realize true. that he does not need to dunk on you to score. He could literally sit there in the mid range for the whole game and not move, like Lamarcus Orridge, and post fade away for the whole game, and you're not gonna guard him. So, I hope for the best. I hope John Wall get that speed back. I hope he comes back stronger. Hope he plays next season. So, that's that. Shout out to John Wall. Shout out to Kevin Durant. And I'm also waiting on Stephen Curry. I'm, I'm also a Stephen Curry fan. I'm really fan of that boy as well. Hopefully they could get that boy Andrew Wiggins right, but we're gonna talk about that later too. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a quick, we got a quick Woj bomb. Hold up before you before you talk, Rico. Um, Lakers expected to have exploratory conversation with Dion Waiters in near future. Who? You see the Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers. They're gonna talk with Dion Waiters. Nah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like LeBron needs another J.R. Smith if we're mm-hmm. being real. <laughs> That's why I said nah. <laughs> That's why I said nah. First of all, the person that LeBron is, he cannot have play like Dion Waiters on the team. He hated Dion the first time they played together. Exactly. He's gonna hate him yeah. again because the same Dion Waiters, bro. KD hated Dion. I mean, he don't take the game. Dion Waiters is one of the players <laughs> that you know. Like, okay, Dion Waiters is like the nice guy that didn't make varsity because his grades. <laughs> nah, word. That's and you cannot. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. But when Dion Waiters plays, he gets buckets, bro. Like he can really play the game. He can play ball. He can ball. He can score. He can definitely score when he on the court. But when it comes to off, like when it comes to um outside of basketball, he's just I can't say that word. So, <laughs> 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 but he just um let's 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 say immature. Yes. Immature. Because he doesn't know how to go about the game of basketball. Because you don't get paid millions, call out, and then go on a boat and take photos, bro. You don't get paid millions. <laughs> Come on. You don't get paid millions, right? And mess again because you're too high. Bro, <laughs> that stuff you do in middle school and high school, bro. This is the NBA. <laughs> That's right. In high school, I know people who used to get high and play, and play ball. Like, I know that. You're in the NBA now, bro. You don't miss games because you took an edible and you <laughs> ate too much of the edible, bro. <laughs> you know what you paid for. You know what you're getting yourself into, bro. That's a fact. So, now, LeBron is a no-nonsense man because exactly. as you can see, he got half his roster traded for Anthony Davis, bro. <laughs> One year in, mind you, LeBron came in this... Mind before LeBron came in, oh, yeah, we're going to be building that team. LeBron come, all right, um... <laughs> And they got rid of everybody. So, no LeBron has a no nonsense man. I mean, that's obviously why J.R. Smith not back on our roster. Well, he's working out for the Lakers right now, but yeah. He's not coming back on our roster. I promise you that. (laughs) I promise you, Deion Wade is going to team with LeBron. LeBron, unless LeBron finds some way to shape. Now, if it was Kobe and Deion Wade, all right. Because I know Kobe shaping him up. 
off the rip. You don't, you, two, you don't think LeBron is going to do that? No, he got enough kids to take care of, bro. He's not taking care of Dion Waiters, bro. Dion Waiters is a grown man. Why is he doing... Dion Waiters is going to go to that team. Mind you, we can't forget, bro. He just got high of edibles. You going to send him to LA? <laughs> no, that's facts. He just got high... He's got high of edibles in Miami. You want to send him to the home of weed, bro? To go take... First of all, the amount of distractions in LA, you want to send Dion Waiters over there? Yeah, that's the, crazy. The amount of distractions, and you know he's he can't control it, bro. He, if if you can't let in Miami, what do you think he gonna do in Cali? I don't when know, you man. think of lit places in the A, you, you think of Cali, you think of Atlanta, you think of um, Miami, bro. Dion Waiters, the lake is not gonna mix. Not because on court, it's off the court, off the rim. On court too is iffy. Cause I don't know where he's gonna mix up. Do you guys remember that video? It was like Dion Waiters, and I think it might have been LeBron. I think Dion Waiters was on like, <laughs> on like by the baseline or something. Oh yeah, and he, he was, was like begging for the, the ball. ball. Yeah. He was begging. He was begging for the ball, and LeBron just like <laughs> waved him off and just kept going on with the play. He was like, "Nah, you good." <laughs> nah, it's just uh... yeah, but. Let's get into the trade deadline Because This trade deadline I didn't expect it to be as good as it went You know It started off slow the, I the week, it was it, rushed It was rushed But it, I feel like it's rushed every year So it's like <laughs> The Pistons were rushed The Pistons were rushed The Pistons were rushed I think was Now I want to I want to explain the trade Because I don't think people understand Why they did the trade So I want to explain nah. it all right, so go ahead, bro. All right, so the trade was... Let me skip down because I had this trade as one of my last trades. Or I don't even have this trade down. Hold up. All right, so the trade was... The trade was... um, It was John Henson, Brandon Knight, and, like, a second-round pick for Andre Drummond. Now, what the Pistons were trying to do with this trade is because they knew... They were scared that Andre Drummond was going to opt in to his um $28.7 million contract option. Mm-hmm. And they did not want to pay him that amount next year because they wanted more flexibility um, with their future. Mm-hmm. So basically, this move was just a salary dump. That's mm-hmm. what this move was. It was just a salary dump. The Pistons weren't really... The Pistons, I heard this was like the best offer they could get for Andre Drummond. That's how low his trade value was. But I feel like, like I believe that, but at the same time, I just don't get it because it's like it's still Andre Drummond, and the only reason why like I feel like I don't get it is because the Rockets have PJ Tucker starting at center right now, and it's like if the Pistons got him, like traded him for like what, like you said, a second round pick and like uh, and expiring contracts. It was Brandon Knight and and um, John Henson, but their contracts matched up to Andre Drummond's contract. Okay. So that's what it was. Yeah. Houston doesn't have the contracts, I don't think, right now to match up without giving up significant pieces. Okay, so they would probably sense. have Yeah. They they had to it was a salary dump for the Pistons. I mean at the same time though, I don't know. Me It is a hilarious trade though, because it's like everyone's saying they traded for like a bag of chips and stuff. I was like <laughs> literally, bro. <laughs> literally. Um I, I honestly want to see Drummond go to a contender, me personally. I think we all exactly. did, but 
I think that was I think it was less likely to happen. I'm happy to see him off Detroit. I'm just not happy to see him in Cleveland Yo. all places. <laughs> Yo, I saw a tweet. They was like the Detroit front office are a bunch of sociopaths. How you send a man from from Detroit to Cleveland? Like how you tell him go pack your bags <laughs> and go into you going to Cleveland after he's in Detroit all this time? First, how you go from no, let me not let me never say that. Honestly, I feel like I feel like honestly, the whole like my whole thing with Cleveland, like I feel like Cleveland is just like go there and like your career just stops. Like you just go there and like like look at Odell. <laughs> exactly. Like, look at Odell. Like, you like you like pause your whole career. Like you know, you have a my career. Like your my career just go blank for a few years. So you leave. <laughs> You're in one loading screen, <laughs> bro. Like, yeah, You're in a loading. <laughs> When you gonna clean them, bro? Exactly. <laughs> like I promise you, if Kevin Love was on a different team, he'd be an All Star. That's a fact. That's facts. Kevin Love on any other team, he'd have been an All Star. He'd have been top five power forward. Da, da, da. But because he's in Cleveland, it's like Kevin Love. Who that? <laughs> exactly. Colin Sexton. Who that? Colin. Who that? T. Tristan. T- who? The guy that cheated on um the Kardashian? Oh, okay, we know him. But otherwise, <laughs> who's bro, like so far, like the top story out of Cleveland in years, other than the German trade, is probably Tristan Thompson cheating on Shorty, bro. And the coach, <laughs> coach calling them dumb slugs. Yeah. Oh yes, and, and, the, and the coach calling them thugs, like bro, like you can't <laughs> the coach would be mad. If I was a coach, I'd be mad at coach for Cleveland too. Come I'm on, weak. bro. Like even when they won a championship with LeBron, I still felt like they were irrelevant, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, because no one talks about nah. that chip that much anymore. It's like, uh, it's like LeBron won a chip. LeBron won that chip was like, all right. LeBron won a chip for his hometown. That's it. No one else cared about Cleveland after that, bro. Where they yeah, even say the name of his hometown? They just be like, oh, he won it for his hometown. He like, won it for his hometown. hometown. <laughs> exactly. It was just name dropping. Like, it was just like even when they top of like even when they top of I mean. We go top of the East that year. I mean, they got their credit, whatever, but we all know the last four. So they never, yeah. like, Cleveland doesn't have the, well, all the older teams in the East. I'd rather even play for the Knicks, honestly. I don't think, I don't think Cleveland's a place you want to grow up at. Like, because in, like, in New York, you could do stuff. Yeah. Cleveland, yeah. What are you doing there? It, like, I, I could compare Cleveland to Minnesota. Honestly. Right, speaking who wants of to go to Minnesota? Speaking of Minnesota, let's get into this next these next couple of trades because Minnesota was busy the trade deadline this year. They have a total. They had like a total of seven new guys that they acquired on the deadline. So, yeah, let's start with the first trade that kicked off basically this whole week of trades that happened. Um, it was a four team trade between the Rockets, Hawks, Timberwolves, and Nuggets. So the Rocket the Rockets got Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second round pick. They later they later flipped Jordan Bell to the Grizzlies for Bruno Caboclo and I guess a second round and another second round pick, I think. Um, the Hawks traded um, Clint Capella. Hawks got Clint Capella and Nene. They later waived Nene. Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Evan Turner, who I think they waived. Or I don't know. Is he still? He still might be there, actually. Um, an Atlanta first round pick they got, um, which is Brooklyn's pick. Um, Jared Vanderbilt and Juan Hernan Gomez for from the from the Nuggets, and the Nuggets got Gerald Green, who they waived, and they got That's Noah Vonleh. Gerald Green is not playing this year because he had foot surgery. So, okay, 
Okay. Yeah. He wasn't gonna play for Houston, so Houston just traded him and then um the Nuggets just waived him because they knew he wasn't gonna play. And he said he wanted to focus on rehab, so and then the Nuggets also got Shabazz Napier, who they flipped for Jordan McRae on the Wizards. Good pickup. But yeah. I feel like this trade, like there was no like real loser of this trade other than maybe the Rockets for going so small. Like it might backfire on them in the playoffs. But I think every team got like they got like reasonably good pieces that will fit their team. Oh, the Nuggets also got um Kieta Bates D- Diop from the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, that's the full I trade. Feel, I feel like I agree with you. I feel like uh, everyone kinda wanted that trade. I feel like we don't really know how bad Houston lost in terms of like giving up the Capella. I feel like one of Houston's main problems is that like when Capella was there, they didn't really have a solid like three spot because like when you look at it, it was either James Harden scoring the ball, like Westbrook scoring the ball, and like I feel like PJ Tucker or I think he was playing PJ Tucker was probably playing in the four spot. I think what's his name? Uh, Daniel House. He's not cutting it. Like he needs to like go overseas, make his money. Wait, hold on. He's been playing good though. Nah, bro. I feel like if the he's a Rockets, solid, he's a solid, he's a solid three and D guy for what they need. I mean, did he? I feel you. I mean, I feel like he is a solid three and D guy just for that. But I feel like nah, what for what the Rockets are doing and who Daryl Morey is and like the fact they traded Chris Paul and then they just picked up Daniel House, thinking like I don't know, like this team was about to take off. But like, I feel like they, in order for them to win, I don't, I don't know, Covington is gonna have to step up. Andre Dollar kind of thing. If, yeah. if that happens, then they won the trade. But like, I don't see that happening. Even though I would like to. <laughs> but, but honestly, we'll see. Though I feel like the trades are pretty interesting, and it's good to see Capella get moved. Yeah, because they weren't they weren't utilizing Capella that much either. Like their pick and roll usage was going down more. This now, year. one thing I have to say, um. Mm-hmm. And I, I said this at work earlier, and it was actually actually kind of made sense. I don't think anyone's more happier for the Capella trade than uh, Russell Westbrook. hundred percent. Because he gets to um run up those rebounds again, and he gets those he gets those driving lanes to the basket now. There's no one in the paint clogging up the lane, so he's for gets sure easy, he gets for easy sure. runs to the basket. And but, have they lost since they lost? Have they lost since then? Um, honestly. Now they lost today. They're on a win streak right now since they put that little small lineup. They lost yeah. today on a buzzer beater. Okay, see? So it's a loss. It's not a loss loss. You know what I'm trying to say? You know what I'm saying? So it's a respectable loss. You lost a game one of, I mean, what can you do about it? Got it? Okay. Got it. He made it. So, but otherwise, look at the stats. Like, Russell Westbrook shooting better this one game. Harden's still struggling, but that's Harden right now. <laughs> and... I just yes. feel bad for PJ Tucker though. Yeah, he he, for... he got the rough end of the stick right there. Cause his workload is about to be nasty. <laughs> for real, <laughs> his workload is gonna. I'm. I just feel like when he goes against Jokic, I just I'm gonna pray for him. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for him because the Nuggets will literally let Jokic eat him up for the entire game. Honestly, I don't know why, but like the other the other day against the Lakers, I don't know why the Lakers did not 
utilize Anthony Davis more against him because it was just like and that has, the paint that's, is wide open. Like, just go in there and get some fouls, get some buckets. Like, take advantage that of against, that. That goes against the coaching. Really and truly. As a coach, if you don't see E.J. Tucker or <laughs> Anthony Davis, what are you going to see? I'm weak. What are you going to... I didn't watch that game. I have to go watch... Like, I, I'm so upset I missed both of the um Rockets and Lakers games, even though I want to watch them because I had work or something else came up. So you honestly didn't, you didn't miss nothing from this recent one, honestly. I didn't know who Peter took was guarded. I'm the best it was Anthony Davis. You just missed a lot of Rondo and Kuzma disappointment on the Lakers side. Those two, oh, oh, yeah. Those you two are so here. frustrating. Kuzma for sure. Kuzma, you would think he would play for Kobe Bryant, but he he I mean he's a young player and all, but I mean Young or not, bro, he's getting what? outperformed. He's getting outperformed by everybody that got traded except for him. We'll, we'll talk about Kuzma in a bit because, like... But they kept Kuzma instead of Ingram, and I'm pretty sure they're regretting it right now. I mean, I feel like Ingram needs the ball in his hands more, so I don't think it would have been logical for him to stay. All right, but Ingram, okay, here's the thing, though. Ingram off that bench, he would have that ball in his hand. Mm, either maybe. way, Kuzma gets the ball in his hand, and it's either make or miss, understandable, but the inconsistency just disgusting. Facts. That's the main problem, bro. Yeah. You can't come give me 31 game. Next game, you come give me six. And come next game, give me 20. Then come on, bro. You got to decide. Do you want to be nice or not? <laughs> All right, next. Nice? <laughs> come on, bro. All right, next trade we had kind of sh- kind of sent little mini shockwaves throughout the league and through throughout NBA Twitter. It was Memphis finally getting rid of not I don't want to say getting rid of, but they, nah, really they got rid of him. Got rid of Andre Iguodala. To they sent him to Miami along with Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, and in return they got Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and James Johnson. They sent James Johnson to Minnesota for Gorgie Jang, and then they released Dion Waiters. So, but they kept Justice Winslow. Which I feel is like a key part of their like ma- their future core going 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 towards the um, future. But the only thing I have, the only issue I have with Winslow is that he's very injury um, injury prone. But I mean, for for this trade for Miami, oh, also with the trade, Iguodala also agrees to a two year, thirty million dollar extension with Miami. See, I think they paid it with that contract. Um, they didn't really bait because the contract is non-guaranteed for after next year. Okay, because while you paying his old bro, why is he getting 15 mil for? He should have a veteran contract. Number one. I guess they feel like he's gonna be a key part of their team going forward as a as as I mean a, he's still athletic, he has a jump shot, so he can play off rotation. I mean, okay. when it comes to playoff minutes, that's oh, yeah, what you're really gonna, they gonna run that up. They gotta run that up. Um that's when, Speak about that trade. I'm happy that um OKC didn't trade Gallinari in that trade. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention OKC was supposed to be included in that trade, and it was supposed to be a three team deal, which would land um Miami, Danilo Gallinari, and Andre Godala. And I feel like that would have made them like a serious contender in the East. Yeah, too dangerous, really. Because Gallinari is a twenty point per game scorer, so. and he's like six ten too. So it's like six ten. 
I mean, he don't play too much defense, but I'm pretty sure if he has to play defense. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Butler gonna get him playing defense. Oh yeah, of course. You know Miami's gonna get him right if he, they if gonna get him right because they, they they have everyone defending this year over there. So, but um, when it's when it speaks for both teams, I feel like I feel like the Grizzlies have won the trade when they had James Johnson and they, they let go of James Johnson. But either way, they still both, both sides won a trade, really, because they got new um. They got new core players. Justice Winslow is actually a good player when he plays. And the problem is he stays. doesn't play. That's the problem. He doesn't play. So, you know, is on the Grizzlies now. I don't know if he's going to play. No, nah, he's not. He got cut. Remember I told you about the Lakers about to um, talk talk with him? Okay. So, I understand yeah. why he got cut. I wouldn't be surprised if he don't make it to another team, though. I yeah. would not be surprised. As it's off the court, antics is not it. Yeah. For a grown man. That's not it. You don't do stuff like that. And what kind of example are you setting for, like, rookies and stuff like that, bro? You're not setting uh, the right example for NBA players, even college players that's coming to the NBA. That's not the right example you're setting, bro. That's not professional. And the thing and the thing about it, too, is that um, my Miami, I feel like Miami won this trade because Miami basically got rid of three guys that they weren't playing this year. And they got back three guys who they're going to use in their rotation that are going to be, like, key contributors in the playoffs. Like, Jay Crowder, like, there's sometimes where Jay Crowder can start going off. He can get hot a little bit, yeah. shoot a couple of threes, play some great perimeter defense. Andre Godala, we know what he can do already. We've seen what he did in his run with Golden State. And Solomon Hills is, also, is another solid 3 and D guy as well. I mean, I feel like Miami won this trade because Miami wasn't playing Deion Waiters that much. They weren't playing James Johnson that much. And Justice Winslow was out for almost the whole season. And they got back three guys who are going to play right away and going to have an impact. So, Yeah, I also feel like the people they traded also might have a better career out there in Memphis. Like, with Justice yeah. Winslow, he might fit well with, like, John Moran and, like, Jaron Jackson and all the other pieces they got over there. I feel like Miami did a good job of just moving all the players that wasn't necessarily meeting their season goal and they're just making honestly. They're making a like a they like they're making a run for the like the chip this year, and that's enough. Yeah, they're going all in. Yeah, they needed that move though. They needed they that move, especially for the well. The I, well, I wouldn't say they needed it, but now that we see that they made it, it makes sense that they made the move. The reason I say they needed it really is just not not really roster, just because the amount of young players they have. Yeah, you, you need some more veterans to offset it a little exactly. bit. Exactly. And what better veteran to bring in than the one who just went to the finals for like three years straight? Five years and straight. Got a yeah. MVP and yeah, got the best player of the decade and got a finals MVP for doing that. What better yeah. player to bring in? And what better player to bring in when you might go against the Lakers in the finals? I mean, I don't True. think I don't think it guard LeBron. The They're gonna put way. him on him sometimes to just wear him down a little bit. Yeah, but. of course. And Iguodala is actually known for guarding LeBron pretty well because that's why he got a Finals MVP. So, and people will say, and people will say, oh, but he still averaged like thirty eight. But no one looks at the numbers deeper. They don't look at how much he, yeah, like how he was shooting when he was guarded by him. How many points did he yes, score LeBron on, averaged on LeBron him, uncontested him level, right? and contested, etc., etc. Pay attention to how much shots. He missed when he was guarding him. Exactly um, when he was contested, uncontested. We could go into the go through this a whole. We could go so much deeper into this, but I don't want to sound like those NBA Twitter analytic nerds or whatever. So, 
Next trade we got was um, Dwayne Dedman got sent back to Atlanta for some reason for Jabari Parker and Alex Len. Um, hmm. Jabari what I, with the Kings, beautiful. What I, what I said about this on my um on my article going over the trade deadline, I said Dedman got his wish. He he requested to be traded earlier this year and got fined fifty k for it and. Um, the Kings they did this because they wanted to get cap room to re-sign um Bogdanovich to an extension. Um, also Jabari Parker, this is his fifth team in three years, so take that as you may. He, I mean, every team he goes to, he plays well. He just got the injury buck early in his career, and it still affected him. Cause when um John Collins got injured, he was actually wilding for the seat, like he was wilding out for a while. He yeah, still got game. It just he just cannot stay healthy. And it's, I think it's something in Chicago's water, bro. <laughs> I think Chicago got I think they laced their water with some injury bug. I don't know if, I don't know what it is in Chicago. If you're from Chicago, stop drinking that water. Stop. I'm weak. Yes. But um Yeah, I mean this trade, I, I don't know. I don't I didn't really care about this trade because it was like these two teams, they're not really doing anything, nothing. They're not doing nothing hot this year. And these trades don't these trades don't move the needle. So um next trade is the Sixers added bench depth. They acquired from Golden State Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks. And the Sixers sent the Warriors a 2020 second round pick via Dallas and a 2021 second round pick via Denver and a 2022 second round pick via Toronto. I mean, were the bench pieces they acquired? Could you just run that much on? Um, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, the third. I feel like, I feel like Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, the third, they're great players, but as far as fitting fitting in to in Philadelphia, I wouldn't even say that was like a good move for Philadelphia. I feel like they got to get some shooters out there. Like, yeah, you picked up Alec Burks, but like, I feel I mean, like those, Alec, guys are, those guys are okay shooters. They're okay shooters, but like at the same time, I don't feel like Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third are going to be the players to get you over the. Granted, Alec Burks has the ability to create his own shot. So does Glenn Robinson the third. Like they're both great players, but like in terms of like fitting this scheme and this offense with uh, who's the Philadelphia coach again? Uh, I remember his name. Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Mm. Whatever rotations he be running, but <laughs> I feel like they they need like letting go of JJ Redick was probably their biggest mistake. Oh, they, definitely. Like, definitely. They need to. They need to get it together, and they gotta get it together fast. I mean, hopefully this this Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson shows up, but it it was an all right trade overall, really. <laughs> Not too great, in my opinion, but it has potential to be great. Hmm. If they could just come in and just be like solid spot up shooters, I mean, the trade's okay. Yeah, but. Even doing being spot up shooters, I don't even think like Burks and Glenn Robinson the third can be like the knockdown 
like spot yeah. up shooters they're looking for. Yeah, like forty percent and up type shooters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I feel like personally, like their play styles. I mean, at least from the games that I saw, they. Alec Brooks is more of like a shot creator off the dribble. Yeah, type. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they they have to create their shot with like the ball in their hands, and it's like, I don't mm-hmm. know. That's what the 76ers want, <laughs> in my opinion. Not saying that they're bad players, because they're pretty good, but that's just my take on it. I mean, I tweeted out today. I said, I feel like the Sixers are one playoff disappointment away from Embiid probably declaring a trade or talking to management about changing things around there because I I, I spoke to you before the, the podcast, Rico. I said, like, he told the crowd today, shut the F up after he, he hit a shot. His own Ooh. home crowd, Embiid. He hit a he hit a dagger three and he told his own crowd to shut the hell up. Yeah, he out of there. And I saw in his like tweets the other day something about Brett Brown. So I mean, either he's gonna ask for the coach to be changed or for him to be moved. Because I'm I know he's hearing all the talk about oh Ben Simmons and the team look better when he's sitting and stuff like that. And I, I wouldn't say they look better, they just they just run a different system that looks, I guess, more appealing to some people. Like they they move faster, they get out and run on the break and stuff. But it's like they're not a better team because you need Embiid because Embiid is such a dominant low post presence. It's just the pieces around them don't fit, like Al Horford and stuff. Like I look to management with Philadelphia because Elton Brand baited signing Al Horford for what was it? 30 million a year or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I even, you could like you could have used that 30 million for shooters like Yeah, like I just don't like I personally when that Al Horford thing happened, I was just like I don't see this happening, but then like early in the season it was kind of working, but then now like it's just frustration cuz it's like why do you have Al Horford out there with yeah. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons? You like, got, like four power forwards out there like what are you doing? Exactly. This <laughs> is wild. That that Sixers team is just like it's so confusing because you don't know what they do. Okay, I know Tobias scores. Crawford, I mean, supposed to be there for defense and floor spacing, but I mean, Crawford is Crawford. He's taking threes, so I guess he's helping the space the floor. Indeed, but he's he not just, making them. He stinks right now. Yeah, I mean, he get an old. I mean, jump shot. I guess he's just missing. I'm gonna let it rock. You know I mean, Daibu, good defender, but not, not a knockdown scorer. shooter. Yeah, not, not a knockdown knock shooter. Not what, not what they need. Like, Korkmaz is probably their best bench player. He's, he's, he's their best knockdown shooter on the team. Yeah, and mind you, he's like, just because he could shoot the ball, he like he does well in that team. So he just had 34 and then dropped 31 today. Yeah, he's been killing it lately. So, like, when you put shooters on the team, they they, they do well. So, why trade Redick? Why do all of that? Like, I don't understand. The coaching is different than this. And Josh Richardson, a shooting guard, is just mad inconsistent. Well, he's been out lately. So, I think he just came back today. They played him yeah, off the bench. Yeah, but he another Kyle Kuzma, bro, because he don't know if he's nice or not. <laughs> I don't like players who don't know if they're nice or not, bro. Because you got to know, bro. <laughs> Are you speaking nice of, or are you speaking of Al? He had zero points today. See, bro, are you nice or are you not? Like, bro, 
zero is unacceptable from any starter in my eyes. You start the game, bro. You, you gotta play. And, and I don't know if y'all, I don't know if y'all peeped the comments that he had the other day where he was like, you know, we have some issues, but we'll keep that internal. I mean, when you say something like that, you just made the issues not internal anymore. Like, Mm-mm-mm. yeah, and there's some chemistry issues in it's chemistry issues. Then it's court issues. Then it's record issues. Because you're 33 and 21. That's not okay. Compared to last, last year, that's not okay. <laughs> the only but, person I would let Rocket to buy is because, I mean, he, he handled most of the scoring though when Embiid not there. So, and he he's still iffy. I mean, he have good games though. But he's still, you know, he's going to have a bad game time right there. But Richardson is a problem to me because there ain't no way today he scored at four points, bro. Like, I don't know. So, all, right. all right, let's get into the next trade. Probably the biggest trade from the trade deadline. We had D'Angelo Russell being sent to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 protected first-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, and the Warriors are also sending Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman to the Timberwolves, too. So, Cat finally got his boy, and the Andrew Wiggins era is over. And we always, we always cracking jokes about Andrew Wiggins out here, saying he'd be bumming it up. But I don't know. I feel like I'm willing to give him a chance in a new scenery because maybe just that losing environment in Minnesota was just uninspiring to him for him to want to get better at basketball. I mean, maybe playing with Steph and Clay and Draymond, guys who have won championships, makes you want to prove yourself to them and to yourself that you can like you can keep up with these guys, that you can help them reach their goals of winning another championship, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. Maybe Golden State can unlock what has been locked up inside of Wiggins all this time. Um, so there's no winners yet until we see who plays. Yes. Yet. There's no winners yet. Even though I believe Timberwolves will be the winners in the long run in all mm. the trades they made. And I only say that because they got James Johnson and they got Michael Beasley from the um, Nuggets. Michael Beasley is a problem. Oh, Malik Beasley? I'm so sorry. Malik Beasley. I'm so sorry. Malik Beasley. Yeah, he's a problem. He's a problem. James Johnson is a good stretch and he could, he's not a bad defender. I think he will fit in with almost any team in the league, really, especially with his mentality too. He brings, he brings that, that, that toughness to the team too. So that's also a plus. And now we have a new dangerous pick and roll situation. So we also got another dangerous defensive situation. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But the thing about that, I think um I think um that Russell won't have to really worry about the defensive side too much because the lineup behind them is defense in the lineup behind them. So I don't think he will have to really worry about the defensive end on his side. Cause Okoji is a good defender, Kova is a good defender. True, mm-hmm. true. Johnson is actually a decent defender, and Cat, you know, Cat is Cat. So, Cat is horrible defensively. I want to say horrible, bro. Horrible. His defensive I mean, numbers—they make me want to throw up. Let me go. Let me go. Bro, I, let me. I, I saw this on ESPN the other day. Um, so the most minutes played by lineup for the Timberwolves this season. Okay, the first lineup: Shabazz Napier, Jarrett Culver, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Carl Anthony Towns. Defensive efficiency rating, one hundred and seventeen point nine. 
one of the worst in NBA history. Mm. Lineup two, Shabazz Napier, Jarrett Culver, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Gorgie Jang. Defensive efficiency, 106.0. Top five in the league. Mm. Same lineup, just replace replace Carl Anthony Towns with Gorgie Jang, and you have like a top five defense. I mean, that's speak for themselves at the end of the day as well, but we're going to see what happens. Hopefully, with Russell there, stuff change. I mean, they're not making the playoffs right now. They made the playoffs last year, right? Correct? Nah. nah. The year before that then, when they got kicked out. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I'm hearing uh, these rumors about Devin Booker going over there. I doubt it. I'm hearing rumors about it, though. Um, If that happens... Now that three gonna be dangerous, but otherwise, I'll, I I'm interested to see what Wiggins gonna do with um with, with Curry. Yeah, I mean, and then Clay when they come out, I'm I'm very interested. Is he gonna be the Harrison Barnes? Is he gonna be better than Harrison Barnes? Is he gonna play defense? Is he finally gonna play some defense? Is he gonna be consistent? We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Um, I I personally believe that Russell's gonna try better though, in in Minnesota than the Warriors though. Oh, I yeah, think he was trying in Golden State. It's just that and he was definitely trying, but like it's just I don't know, his season been iffy. He's been having an iffy season. He's been I, 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 I heard I heard some things over there with Golden honestly, State. Honestly, if you ask me, in Golden State, they're just like, Yeah, we we're bad. We might as well just fake these injuries and get our rest on. <laughs> Play here and there and then be like, okay. That's it. Honestly, I feel like D'Lo, D'Lo did, honestly, I feel like D'Lo, yeah, he got hurt a couple of times. But I don't know. Some some of the injuries, they just set out to set out. Like, Draymond Green, they just be setting out. And it's like... I mean, when you have a season like this, you don't really have to, like, play through injury. It's when you compete yeah. in. Like, if the Warriors were, like, gunning for, like, the playoffs right now, you wouldn't hear about, like, oh... Like, you would have heard they were hurt, but they would have been playing through the hurt. Yeah, like Draymond the other day, he sat through back tightness. If they were going through like a playoff stretch right now, he'll be playing through all this back tightness. It's like you're on a tanking team. There's no point in trying and getting yourself hurt more than 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 you, you need to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. I'm just saying, like you know, out there. Yeah, I know. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> think they're just sitting out games sometimes just to like to rest themselves because it's like it's like why why go hard if you 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 still gonna lose? Yeah, for real. And honestly, I feel like that D'Angelo Russell going to Minnesota is going to be scary only because D'Lo is a monster in the pick and roll. We saw mm-hmm. that. That's, That's what I'm saying. We have a new pick and roll situation, bro. It's, and Cat to shoot the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Offensive, the ball. Offensively, they're going to be a problem. But Definitely. defensively is where I'm worried about. Because I think, before you go, though, I think Jarrett Culver... I don't think he's going to, like, step up on anything kind of, like, crazy. But I feel like if he can develop, he can be that defensive wing for that team. But You know what's like, the difference now? Um, Culver's off the, he's going to be off the ball more, more, so maybe he might be better off the ball. Yeah, because they, they play him at, like, point guard most of the time. These and days. he's not a point guard. <laughs> and he's not a point guard. So it's like, He's not a point guard. See that's, so. that's, see, that's the problem with Minnesota. They they do stupid stuff like that. That's why yeah. the <laughs> team never gets far. <laughs> that's what it, bro, that's what it is. November, bro. Like, you, you have a wing, and you playing them at point guard. Like, what are you doing? Like, go sign a point guard if you want to play <laughs> Literally. 
Like, literally, he literally bro. never played point guard. And imagine, imagine you come from college playing wing and like, yeah, bro, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be good on our team. Bro. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta go out like, in your face, bro. You ain't playing. He's play struggling too, and you can't be mad at him because, bro, he's out of position, bro. Yeah. Now, now he's a rookie though. So you coming in from college, probably the best person in your college team. Then you gotta come to the NBA. Like, yo, bro, you have to change your whole role, learn how to pass, learn how to run pick and roll, learn how to run mm-hmm. a team. He's like, yo, bro, what? Like, what see? So now with Russell, hopefully Kovu can finally find his place in NBA. Cause he definitely is not a point guard. The problem the, the problem I do have though is with Cat. Because everyone's like, oh, he got his bestie on the team, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better. But the thing that Cat doesn't like is he doesn't like when people tell him to do something he doesn't want to do. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> we kind of saw this with Jimmy. Like, I'm, I'm starting to see now Jimmy was not crazy. Like, these guys yeah. are really soft. Like, here in Minnesota and then here also in, in Philadelphia, like, these guys were they just lazy a lot of these guys like <laughs> yeah they do not want to get better at all like cat cat does not want to play defense he just wants to get those offensive numbers be an all-star and it don't matter if he make the playoffs or not but as long as he gets those numbers like he was speaking about not being an all-star like he sound more upset about that than he did about losing i mean he did come out with a <laughs> he like recently <laughs> he did come out with a quote recently he said I've been losing for a long time. I'm not trying to do that <laughs> anymore. So every possession means a lot. You obviously my patience running low with a lot of things. There's no excuses. We got to get it done. This was before they got the D'Angelo Russell trade. But I don't think D'Lo is going to hold um Cat accountable, especially if that's his man. It's like he's going to be like, "Hey, right, bro, yo, do your thing." Like, it don't matter if you don't play defense. I don't play defense either. So we good. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> he's not going to call his man's out and tell him to play defense if he don't play defense himself. We saw this with Jimmy and Thibs. Like these guys don't like that. So it's I don't think I don't think D'Lo coming here is because it's gonna be all all magic and sunshine. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be like they're gonna be like a top five team or whatever. Like so mm-hmm. many people on Twitter are making it out to be. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of things that need to change in Minnesota in order for them to be a better team than they are right now. Mm-hmm. The trade does help though. It does oh, help. Definitely. Um. I think, do think, I don't know, the coaching, I'm going to let the coaching rock. I know it's um, Saunders' son, so I'm yeah. going to see what he got inside of him. But um, that team is just not looking wild. I, I mean, he was missing Cat for a while, then he got Cat, and then he got rookies running point guard, instead of Jeff Teague, and um, actual point guards that played in the NBA. So that's that's very confusing to me. But hopefully they can find their way up next season, but they have no hope for the season. At all. Mm-hmm. In the West. Unless they find some crazy winning streak, which is possible because a lot of teams, like the Knicks, got four winning streak. So we don't know what's possible. And this, the way the playoffs like, is looking right now, there's no like, guaranteed 8 7 spot right now for East and West. So yeah, we're going to leave it at that. All right. We got. um. Since we talked about the Drummond deal, let's get into the Morris, the Marcus Morris, Knicks, Wizards, Clips three-team deal. So the Clippers got Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. They later waived Isaiah Thomas actually today. Um, the jo- Jerome Robinson got sent to the Wizards and Mo Harkless and some picks got sent to the Knicks. So, I mean, a lot of people were criticizing the Knicks for trading Morris because... Morris is like their best player this year. He wanted to be there, etc. 
I understand that sentiment, but I feel like when your team, like the Knicks, where you're constantly losing, losing, and you're bad, <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get as much picks for whatever whatever good or decent players you have on your team. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, they they they, they lost their best player. But like a lot of bad teams, they trade their best. He's he's an expiring deal too, so mm-hmm. Morris was going to be an expiring contract. So I mean, if they want to sign him back, they can. If he really wants to be there, he can sign there as a free agent. But yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta get what you can for your best best expiring players mm-hmm. on the trade market. I mean, it's rare that a team sends out an expiring contract and gets back a decent player and picks Mm -hmm. that's really weird. So I'm glad the Knicks took advantage of that opportunity. I thought they were going to fumble it because Steve Mills was like in control at one point, but as soon as they got rid of Steve Mills, they took care of the deal and no problem. So. I mean, I definitely agree with what you're saying, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it could have went either way. Like, yeah, you do want to trade him because you don't know if he's going to sign back. I don't, I don't know. I just feel like, the Knicks, they shouldn't. I feel like they shouldn't have traded him, only because I mean, yeah, it, I feel like because he felt he he basically embodied that New York culture, in my opinion. He really wanted to be there, yeah. And I feel like I feel like they could have, like, I don't, I just don't understand. Like they're moving like Marcus Morris. Why aren't they moving Frank Nelkina? Why are we not packaging the people we need to be packaging? That's my whole thing about. I guess they're still trying to develop Frank. No, I get that they might be trying to develop Frank, but bro, come on, bro. You got rid of Phil Jackson. It's only how you get Nilakina. If you didn't even watch him play, not to say Frank Nilakina is bad, but like, like, don't get me wrong. Frank Nilakina could probably leave the Knicks and blow up, be nice. But like, I'm just saying, as far as like New York basketball and what the team needs to do, they gotta like, they gotta package other people like why wasn't bobby portis being packaged like why yeah, i was pa- i was like, like <laughs> bobby portis being dealt right now why isn't tosh gibson being dealt why isn't wayne ellington being dealt like we could have yeah. got so much for wayne ellington solid shooter like that we could have got so much for bobby not no we wouldn't, we wouldn't have got much for bobby portis um bobby portis is just it's crazy he was that decent before the the next so i don't know i feel like he's all going it's only because he's on the Knicks and the Knicks has, like, they had four power forwards and it's like, he's fighting for PT and it's like, and he just has no choice but to, like, wrongfully slap people going on the blocks and shit. But <laughs> it, it just happens. Like, I don't and know. Got, and then we got Dennis Smith out here. He just turned into a bum magically this year after, like, last year when he got traded to the Knicks, he was playing so well when he got there. And then mm-hmm. this year, I don't know what happened. He just, I don't know. Someone stole his talent, but. <laughs> the monsters. <laughs> nah, <laughs> for real, though. Uh, like, now, it legit yeah. looks like sometimes, like, he has, like, no talent. Like, the monsters legit took his talent. Like, I feel like he'd be looking scared out there someday. I even go. Yeah, he's, he's, like, like, he's, like, super hesitant to shoot and stuff like that. It's, like. I feel like that New York media is breaking him right now. If you ask me, not everyone can handle it. That's what people are always trying to say. That's why when some stars 
don't come here. We make fun of them and say, oh, y'all can't handle the media. It's it, the media here is no joke. Nah, that's true. It will eat know. you alive if you can't handle it. That's why people that's why people commend Mellow so much because Mello was he Mellow bodied New York media. Like nah, they could really. not get to him at all. But yeah, um I heard the Knicks were in discussions actually with um the Lakers for Kuzma and they wanted Kuzma, Danny Green, and some second round picks, I believe, for Morris. And the Lakers said no. But then I saw another report that said they said yes to that deal. And then the Knicks came back and was like, nah, we want um, Quinn Cook, um, Cousins, and Kuzma, and a pick. And then the Lakers were like, nah. Honestly, if the, the Knicks should have definitely taken that first option. Don't get me wrong, Kuzma is looking bad out there, but it's only because he got 80 in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... True. And I feel, and I I feel, feel like, like... Yeah. I feel like Kuzma's ego is too big for New York. I feel like I he feel came that. here and he would have thought he was like the best player in the world on this team. Nah, that is facts. Cause he's already like he's already on IG way too. And, <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I feel like the Kuzma would have been a step in the right direction to move the Marcus Morris for it. Cause on top of that, he was getting the picks too. So it's like Yeah. You can't you can't even like complain at that point. But Man, I don't know. They, honestly, the Knicks has got to get rid of Dolan. Who's going to want to come to the Knicks to come, play, come be with Vanessa? Number one. Facts. Number two, who's one of the Knicks? He would have just probably tried to take the... Uh, first of all, RJ Barrett lost all that shine he was to get. Well, he was like, injured for a minute, so that's part of get, it. Hopefully he get that star, that star stardom back, but they're not even talking about it. How, talking about him, how they were talking about him at the beginning of the season anymore, so... True. We'll see how that go. True. But I feel like if Kuzma was to come, he would have probably took the shine from RJ Barrett, and they probably would have tried to call him the future of that team. So, and that would have got to that would have got to his head bad. Yeah. Well, did the Knicks bait? I mean, I ain't gonna say they baited because you can't be mad at the Knicks for trying to get a better offer. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get a better offer. You can say, "Oh, you want." Well, you trying to get? You trying to get the best? You trying to get the best possible offer? Word, bro. You trying to get a? You trying to get a potential nice Demarcus Cousins if he comes back nice? You trying to get a? I mean, I'm gonna go and cook a solid point guard, but he's something. He's, he's something. He's something. He's something. All right. And then Kuzma's Kuzma. Like I ain't gonna see Kuzma's whack as a bad season he's having. Kuzma could have... give you. Kuzma could give you a calm thirty. Yeah, Kuzma could give you. If he really gets consistent, I can see twenty and nine from Kuzma. He's not a bad player. He's just in the system. Probably in the wrong situation. Wrong situation now. At this stage in his career, I mean, going going zero from twelve. Okay, it happens. It happens. So I'm not gonna judge him off that one bad game. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. If anything, um, let's take the better games and acknowledge that Kuzma's not a bad player, and you're a liar if you say Kuzma's a bad player. So. Kuzma on a different team, though. It's a different option, bro. Put him on a different team. I think almost any other team, you might just, you know, do better. Even the Kings wanted him for a second. He would have been good with Darian Fox in my eyes, especially in a pick-and-roll situation. So, mm-hmm. that's that. Hopefully, Kuzma can get out of there by next year or they do something with him in the old season, get a trade for him. But obviously, they chose the wrong one to change, like keep away from the trade. And yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not even gonna lie. When Kuzma does leave the Lakers, if it's a trade, 
not going. That's going to help him. Like, as considering LeBron is still there, considering AD is still there, they got the whole show going. That's what we got to remember. <laughs> we got to remember, when LeBron goes to teams, sometimes what it's happens to Kuzma happens, bro. Yeah, it you stunts the development of younger players. You got to understand yeah. that, bro. It's inevitable. It's and it's been happening for years. And look at this. I promise you, Ingram will be no all-star in that Lakers team. Shoot. So you understand not. that, bro. When LeBron is on your team, it's not the same team, bro, at all. And all the players who was nice the season before, that happened. Like, don't forget, Kevin Love went to the Cavs. But before Kevin Love was on the Cavs, that man was probably the best power forward other than AD in the A. That's if we're being honest here, before he went to the Cavs, probably let's not, yeah. Kevin Love, let's not forget who Kevin Love was on the Minnesota, bro. That was 30 30 Kevin Love, that was 20 20 Kevin Love one night. That was getting buckets, Kevin Love. He went to the Cavs to LeBron's shadow, and it's like, all right, bro, like his whole legacy is being like left behind. Like, no one be no one remembers the 30 30 Kevin Love anymore, bro. That's a fact. So, once you play with LeBron, stuff like that happened, and I guarantee you, you trade Kuzma that. You trade Kuzma that team, he's gonna do something. I feel. I even feel like even AD or LeBron, AD's not playing. I feel like AD could play better, in my opinion. Even though they have a winning record, etc. I feel like AD could play better. Even though LeBron averaging ten assists, he could play better, but it probably won't result in as many Ws. We saw in the on the Pelicans, he used to put like fifty point games, and they used to barely get by and stuff like that. He does have a roster now, so of course the numbers gonna go down. So I'm just used to the AD with no help. That's probably why I say that. Yeah. All right, let's get into. All right, let's get into the main stories. We got Sixers struggles. Um, we kind of touched on that a little bit, but I want to go deeper into the numbers of Embiid since he came back. Uh, we, we talked about Cat a little bit. We talked about Zion. Uh, we didn't talk about Damian Lillard's historic streak that he was on. We missed that while we oh, were on oh, break. Yeah, we really missed a lot. And then we yeah. missed James James Harden's shooting slump where he was in, where he's still kind of in, but he's, he's got a little bit better. He's putting out right now at this point. Like, he don't and, then we had, and then we also got to talk about all the all-star participants. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And the cuts. Oh, definitely. We definitely got to address the cuts. All right, so first let's get quickly into Embiid so we could get into everything else. I mean, Embiid, he went out with that hand injury against OKC, and then he came back against Golden State later in the like late in January, and he played um he played well against Golden State that first game at twenty four. It's Golden State. True, but Golden State gave him a little bit of a fight. Then they lost to Atlanta, and then that's where it started getting real ugly. They lost that. They lost to Atlanta. He shot 28% from the free throw line. Um, 21 points, uh, 14 rebounds, three assists. The, this, like when you look at the box score numbers, it's like that's eh, all right. And then we go to Boston, where he had 11 points, shot one for 11 from the field, 0 for 4 from three, had five rebounds, and four turnovers. And that game was just ugly. It was just an ugly game. And then we got against my against Miami. This one was the game. It was horrible. This game. He they lost a hundred. They lost a hundred and thirty seven to one hundred six. Damn. And then he he had his his box score numbers. They look okay, but they do not tell the whole story of how the team looked on the court. Um, he had twenty nine points, uh, twelve rebounds, 
shot um 64% from the field, 100% from three, 81% from the free throw line. So you're probably like, oh, you know, that was a good game for Embiid. But the team just looked like disjointed. They looked like they did not like each other out there. The chemistry was just, the chemistry with this team, like we spoke about earlier, is just it's not there at all. And this team just is not. I was I was telling Rico before the podcast, I was like, they are this year's they're this year's Boston Celtics from last year. Like they had such high expectations, but they are not meeting them at all. I mean, they're they're like what the sixth seed now this year? I mean, they fifth, were, fifth. 33 and 21 right now. They they fifth. They were sixth the other day, but I mean, this is not where they were expected to be coming into the season. First, they were expected they're, they're to, be, to be top three. This was to be like top three, top. This was to be two, if anything, number two, competing or, with the Bucks for that the top spot, and the Celtics. Because in the and, East, when we mentioned the East this summer, last summer, I mean, it was okay. Bucks, Seventy Sixers, Celtics. Then after that, it was either Pacers. Not Miami. No one gets Miami. Shout out to Miami. Yeah. Um, and they guess who else? Even the Magics. So and the Magics having a disappointing season too. So after making then, the playoffs. And then let's get into that game against Milwaukee. It was probably the worst one. I mean, if we thought the Boston game was bad, this one was probably even worse, I think, to me, because he had 19 points, whatever, 11 rebounds, six assists, six for 26 from the field. Three for ten from three point. My 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 first problem is why is he taking ten threes? That tells me that he's not in shape to get down low on the block and to go bang down low with Giannis and the rest of them. And when he did go when he did go down low and bang down low with them, he was forcing up bad shots. He was not being aggressive. He was settling like he just has not looked himself. And like like. Stephen A. Smith and Shaq and all those guys have been saying he looks out of shape and the, he's playing with no effort. And it's probably due to the lack of being in shape that he's playing with no effort because it's hard to put out that effort when you're not in shape. Hmm. He just got to pick it up. Like, no one says it's Ben. Joel still got, he got his fair share. Yeah, we, 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 Ben gave Ben. Some trouble on this pod. Now it's time for Joel and B to to get some now. See the difference between Ben and Joel is that Joel be injured, so he he gets some slack cut. But at the end of the day, between the top, you supposed to be the top center in the league, right? And we know you're nice, but he only plays good when someone calls him out. That's right. And it shouldn't be like that. And that's a problem. It should be play good, don't get called out. First of all, you're supposed to be the number one center in the East. Like, the East is, is I ain't going to say it's, it's weak anymore. It's like, because even though West is kind of weak this year, if you look at the standings. Both conferences, I guess, are balanced, you can say. Yeah, it's getting more balanced. Like, NBA is getting more balanced from, like, both sides. So, like, I can't even sit here and call the East uh, the weaker conference anymore, even with LeBron on the other side, et cetera, et cetera. So, it's just Joel... That 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 seventy six team not gonna go nowhere if he's not playing well. So I think the next step is, and I'm surprised they didn't get them a trade done in the trade deadline. I'm really surprised. Yeah, they only made like one move. They got Burks and Robinson from the Warriors, and that's it. Which is not bad for the bench, especially because th- those two could create for themselves. So that's that's a good part. But otherwise, it's like I feel like you need more spot shooters though. 
Like I solid. Mean, Alec Burks could no. definitely start for them and do something in that starting lineup. Oh, of course. So that's that. That's what I'm happy to see. Like hopefully that helps the team. I'm I'm waiting for all the like the tradees to start playing. Oh Even yeah, Capella, Russell. I'm waiting for them to start playing so I can really see what's going on. I know Minnesota's dropped 81 and a half with their tradees. So yeah, NBA changing, bro. So we're gonna see. Yo, Wall just gotta pick it up though. Like, yeah, but I think um, it's really mental though. It's really a mental thing that's going on with Joel. And physical, and physical, because he's getting injured. But I really think it's a mental thing. And the thing about Joel, I don't think he's having fun like he used to. Like I remember, yeah. remember the, back in the day, he used to like troll everybody and stuff. But like he was dropping numbers on everybody, so he could do that. And I feel like he was having more fun and he was enjoying himself. I don't think he's enjoying playing right now, and that's why we're not seeing like. Him go out, talk trash to everybody, trolling everybody on social media and stuff like, like that. Kawhi stole his soul, bro. I feel like, nah, I, yeah, yeah, that loss, that loss Kawhi really stole like. Soul with that game winner, bro. It had to be, bro, because there's no way he didn't. Dec- it's not like he declined as a player. He just is not. He's not playing well. He's still a good player. He just he's not the same player from last year. He didn't get better. That's the problem. He didn't get better from last year. No word. A few players got better from last year. Draw and beat is not one of them. I mean, he's said he's taking more threes. I think the reason for that, they've been begging people to take these in that team anyway. So that's probably mm-hmm. why he's taking them. I don't think he should be taking 10. You're not a guard. You're not Jokic. Mm-hmm. You're not Miles Turner. So I don't think he should be taking 10 threes, but the reason why he's that. taking 10 threes is because he's out of shape and can't get down low on the block. Mm-hmm. And that's against the Bucks, correct? Yeah, and Giannis was cooking that game though because that thing get locked down and it's a Bucks. They force you to shoot on that team, so yeah, the Bucks are a great team. So I will say that, yeah, yeah, they, they definitely. I, I think they never won the Bucks next to the Lakers. So I see why he took so much threes. But at the same time, you're if you're the most dominant big man, dominant will you dominate? You got to be consistent, bro. Paint moves. You don't lose paint moves. You don't come on, bro. Hook shots. Drop steps. You know that. You know what you're doing. Don't let Not nobody good. come and scare you, bro. You're supposed to be the best big in the A. Most, you bet you got scared, though, but what are you doing? And the thing about the Sixers, they're 1-12 in 12 on the road versus winning teams. See, you can't beat no comp, bro. You, you, he's beating straight bums. You're losing the bums. You have a competition. You haven't closed games with bums. Like, I don't know. Is it Brett Brown? Maybe. Yeah, that's another issue right there within itself. Brett yeah, Brown was in the finals it. last year. He lost one shot. So I'm going to cut him the benefit. I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut some slack. He lost a game winner. That's tough. So that's the only reason why he's probably still coaching it up. Honestly, I feel like it's just a time for a change of scenario. And a lot like, of teams got to make some changes. Even the Knicks got to give it up. I don't know how Dolan did. Like, you, you say this too much. The primary <laughs> president's fired Dolan, bro. Yeah, the Knicks just got to get rid of Dolan because the team is going to get, like, exponentially better once he leaves. Like, it's kind of sad. They got rid of people. They got, they got, I don't know. When they get rid of people, we see to get better. So, they got more getting rid of to do. Hopefully. All right. Um, Next thing we got is um Damian Lillard's hot streak that he was on. I mean... 
these last eight games, he's averaging about 35 and a half points per game. But starting with starting in what was it? Starting against, I guess, Charlotte or not even no against Dallas, it was they lost that game, but he had 34. Then against OKC, he had 34. Then against Golden State on Martin Luther King Day, he had 61 points in an overtime victory against the um against the Warriors. He had he had 11 threes. Um, then he followed up that game against Dallas with 47. Then he came out the next game against Indiana with 50, and then he had 36 against Houston. You know, against his his good old pal Russell Westbrook. You know, Russ was talking that to him, and he responded back by dropping 36 on him. And they got the dub. And then the day of the Lakers' tribute to Kobe, he put out 48 and 10 and got a, a victory. And he the shots that Lillard has been hitting in, the, in these games, I mean, it's like Steph Curry. Like, like, I feel like he has taken the role of Steph Curry this year because Steph Curry is not playing, like, he just came out and decided, you know what, I'm about to become Steph Curry this year because Steph's not here this year and he's been killing it. It's crazy because his numbers is better than Steph from deep right now, too. Yeah. Like and that's like, hard to do because that's Steph and Curry, bro. So facts. Crazy thing is, it's just and I think this is an argument we all say. If Stephen Curry wasn't Stephen Curry, like if he wasn't NBA, oh yeah, Dame definitely would, it'd be Dame. Dame it'd would be, be Dame. the Dame would be the face of this three-point revolution that has been going on in the NBA. For sure. Okay. We see we've seen the half-court game winners he got alone. Come on now. Half-court game winners. So But I feel like someone like Steph had to come along for someone like Dame to come along because and I, I would even say that. Cause they, I don't even think I could sit here and say that Steph influenced Dame's game because I mean Steph was okay. Of course Steph. Because Renatera really came a little late. I feel as if like game was in the league already, and he could always shoot the ball. But I he wasn't shooting it from deep like that until as of like the last that's true. four or five years. That's when he started. That's, like, that's really definitely doing true. The deep and stuff. I shoot that that deep range shooting definitely came from I was Steph. Say Curry. Curry has some. So that's what I'm saying. Now. Steph had to come along for Dame to be able to do that. And Maybe the reason Dame why developed it. That was a bad shot. That's why Curry made it a good shot somehow. That's why. That's yeah. the difference. I'm pretty sure he could probably always shoot from back there. It's just like he did that. Your coach probably sub you well because you're like, what are you doing? But, you know. And then he came out. And I'm not even done with his numbers because after the um, 48 against the Lakers, he came out, I think, the day after and scored 51 against the Jazz. And Jazz are always known as a good defensive team. So, I mean, to do that against the Jazz, that's. That's great within itself. Then he had an off game against Denver. Denver's been a great defensive team this year as well. He had 21 points, 8 for 23. And then against San Antonio, they won. He had 26 points on 9 for 20 shooting. And then just the other night against Utah, where they got robbed. I want to speak about that for a little bit. But he had 42 last last night. No, not last night. Friday night against Utah. And... I want to speak about the play. You guys saw it, right? Yeah, of the course. The play where he he went in for the layup. He got fouled, first of all. That's one thing. 
And then on top of that, it was a goaltend. Like it clearly hit the backboard before it before Rudy Gobert touched it. And the refs didn't even like what the refs could have done if they weren't sure is call it a goaltend first and then review it. So you're able yeah. to review it. And then if it's not a goaltend, then you're like, I bet it's not a it's not a goaltend. But the fact that it was so clear of a goaltend and they didn't even call it so they could review it. I mean, and then on top of that, they came out after and were like, oh, yeah, it was that. And Dame came out on Twitter after and he was like, he was basically like, we don't want to hear this. Like, come on. Like, we knew it was that. And he was even going at it with um, Donovan Mitchell for a little bit because Donovan Mitchell was like talking as if they won the game. Like, legitimately, he was like, oh, we're not going to let some guy like Gary Trent come in here and try to punk us. And Damon was like, man, stop it. Like, just stop (laughs) Cause like, but yeah, that's that's Dame's um shooting streak. I mean, he's been killing it. He's trying so hard to get this this beat up Portland team into the playoffs. I mean, he's doing that at the right time. Try to give me a little um. That's historic because he passed Will Chamberlain in some scoring record just now. Will damn Chamberlain. So yeah, yeah, bro. That's. And and I think like during that scoring streak, he had like he was like third highest, um, third highest scoring streak within a span of like six games or whatever. Like it was behind like Kobe and Harden, I think, of the span that he was he was um he was scoring all those points in. So I mean that's pretty good company to be with. Um, speaking of James Harden, James Harden had had been in a shooting slump the last, um. Last month, we didn't really get to talk about it because by the like when it first started, it was like three or four games here or there, and we were like, eh, it's whatever. He'll snap out of it, but it was just like a funk where it was just like, oof. They were on like a four-game losing streak at one point to Memphis, Portland, the Lakers, and OKC. During that span, his his like his numbers, like when you look at his scoring numbers, they're like okay for some of these games. But when you go into like the percentages and then when you watch some of these games and you see how he's playing, you're like, is James Harden like, is he good? Like, is he hurt? Because it's like James Harden is inefficient, but he's not this inefficient. Like, let me just read some of the shooting numbers for some of these games. Three for a uh, nine for 34, five for 17, eight for 17, 13 for 37, three for, three for 12. He had 13 points that game against Portland. Um. 8 for 20, 9 for 29, 6 for 13, 3 for 13, 5 for 18, and 10 for 25. One of those games against OKC, he went 1 for 17 from 3. I'm going to cut him slack. <laughs> nah, you can't cut him slack. Nah, you cannot cut him slack for like a whole month of bad yeah, shooting. No, because let's be fair. He averaged 38 points per game prior before the month. Okay. So you're bound to get tired when you're averaging 40 for months. Now? You're getting tired now? It's better now than the playoffs. If he's getting tired now, then the playoffs, it's like, it's clipped. It's clipped no, then. Maybe for, okay. Don't, and also, I'm not done though. I, not only that, secondly, um, he is dealing with injuries too. He's playing mm-hmm. injured, actually. He had a bruised thigh, I think, but that was it. I think. Uh, I think uh, injury's an injury, bro. Like it is, but he, we're, we're still human. I'm he sat. He he sat out for the bruised thigh, though. 
Understandable. But his thigh is not fully healed. I promise you that. He's playing games not fully healed. He's not load managing. That's why. He's not. If he was load managing, that'd be different. He's not. He's coming out and playing every game, and he's playing hard every game. I mean, recently he's just off. I think today, let me see. Today he had a what? Today he went 11 from 23. Not bad. Two, two from 13 yeah, from team. As of recently, he's been, like, picking it up, I guess. But before that, like, he's been downright abysmal. Oh, yeah, he was bad. He's bad. But at the same time, you got to understand, he's even though he was playing bad, you gotta, he was still winning games. Well, getting, that goes that goes into the second part of my thing. Westbrook, Westbrook during that stretch was just going off, like carrying he, him. He was carrying him, and the reason why is because he had basically stopped taking threes for a good portion of the um of 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 the last month or so. Like there was games where he was taking no threes. There was games where he was taking like maybe one, two threes. Yeah, he's and it's crazy because the last three he takes. The better he better plays. He plays. Exactly. Look, yep. if you look at the efficiency right now, he's playing efficient. Wow. He went 16 from 24. Like, exactly. He took one three. So it's like, I think Russell Westbrook finally, like, understand that he can't shoot. <laughs> it took him all this time, but he finally got it. I but... think it took him to the half of the season to understand he can't shoot anymore. And as you can see, his whole game. Wow. He, he's putting up numbers. He's playing, yeah. So Westbrook is carrying them, and I think Harden is okay with that. Like, we can't forget. He they're better both, be okay with that because they're like, both MVP candidates, bro. And I think we we forget Russell Westbrook is an MVP candidate because how bad he be shooting. But he's still a monster when he plays, bro. He plays. He averaged twenty seven right now, eight rebounds, seven assists. That's good numbers, regardless. So Russell Westbrook still that man, and I, I'm glad that Harden let him take over right now. And I think Harden pushing. I think this is what Harden wanted. I think this is what he needed. Because Chris Paul wasn't Russell Westbrook. You mm-hmm. gotta understand. And that's what that's the big difference between this team and last year. Chris Paul doesn't when Chris Paul was there, okay, he had his good games, bad games. But when Harden was struggling, our whole team was losing. That's not for that. He's struggling and they winning. What does that mean? I mean, that's true, because Russell Westbrook can carry more offensive. Not, he can carry more Mainly because of his play style, and because Chris Paul is more of a like a facilitator, to get other people. Exactly. But uh, I feel like, um, yeah, you know, the like his bad shooting streak is definitely probably because he's tired. But at the same time, that's just the scheme they run over there. At the same yeah, time, D'Antoni just loves to run his players into the ground. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's just like. I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna compete in the playoffs because like they're running small ball and it's like you're gonna have to run a lot and on top of running you're gonna have to score a lot. It's just like and I feel like Westbrook isn't gonna get you over the hump considering you have no center now. <laughs> Before it was like okay Westbrook can do it because if Westbrook gets hot he can just drop the ball down to Capella and get a dunk. Now there's no Capella. There's PJ Tucker in the corner. And when y'all go cold again, it's just like, what do you? Yeah, think? yeah. When you have when you have another zero for twenty seven night, what's gonna happen? Mm. The thing is, that team has a lot of um. The difference between them and a lot of teams, they have a lot of shooters on that team, and that's a good part about that team. Because if Russell struggle and Harden struggle, 
They still have Austin Rivers. They still have Eric Gordon. They still that's got Covington. Covington just came. But that's the bad part, too, because we see what happens when all those guys can start getting cold. It's, I mean, it, it's rare for a whole team to get team, cold. Yeah, bro. But it's like to be honest, that that performance where they went zero from twenty seven from three, that's literally rare. It is rare. It's so for rare. N- for, but especially for NBA players, that's like that's probably like top of the rare, rare. Like that's a rare game for a team to in the NBA to miss twenty seven three straight. But these are men who've been shooting threes for their whole life. So to see them miss it, like that's rare. That's like that was luck on the Warriors side, high key. That's a lot of luck because that's difficult to do. That's that's actually hard to do. To miss twenty seven threes, I think that's hard to do really. So, and not to mention open threes. Warriors defense that game was horrible. Yeah, the entire game. So that's difficult to do. So I'm gonna give them. I think the Rockets are definitely gonna be. I feel like they're the team everyone's sleeping on in the playoffs because their past like playoff like um experiences with them, but. Russell Westbrook is dead. That's a big difference. Russell Westbrook and CP3 are two different caliber players, bro. And people got to realize that. True. And All Russell, right. and Russell never gets to, like the credit he receives because his stats at I mean, his stats at him. But at the end of the day, he's still a good player, bro. All right, let's get into the All Star participants this year. All right, well, we got um before I get into like who made Team LeBron, Team Giannis, I want to talk about. Um, just who made the the East and West separately? So in the West, we had the starters were LeBron, Anthony Davis, Luca, James Harden, and Kawhi. And then in the East, we got Giannis, Joel Embiid, Siakam, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. And for the East reserves, we have Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, uh, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons. Sabonis. In the West, we got Jokic, Lillard, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Rudy Gobert, Brandon Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. And this year is the first year since 2009-2010 where we have nine new first-time All-Stars. All right, so let me get into each team with who, who like who drafted who for so for Team LeBron, his starters were basically the West starters, and for Team Giannis, his starters were basically the East starters. And then when when we get to the reserves, this is where we find out who is the better, I guess, drafter. Uh, for Team LeBron, he got Jokic, Lillard, Chris Paul, Sabonis, Simmons, Tatum, and Westbrook on his bench. And for Team Giannis, we got um Adebayo, Butler. Gobert, Ingram, Lowry, Middleton, and Mitchell on his bench. I think we all know who's going to take this game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be LeBron. LeBron's definitely taking this again. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting so repetitive and redundant. It's like, ugh, LeBron is going to win again. Because <laughs> he's just, bro, that, bro, that man knows. He doesn't, bro, that man's a winner. <laughs> facts and Gian- Giannis whenever he picks these things he'd be, he be thinking of like in terms of like who he's friends with and stuff like that like bro you gotta say F the friendship at that point and just be like yo I'm trying to win this thing give me all the best guys I can get <laughs> um I mean 
the selection is um I don't agree with a few selections, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> All right, so so who 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 you think got snubbed? Because I think that's the big that's the big thing that's been going around, especially the first the first I guess that first day a lot of people were upset. I think the My biggest snub hurts. the biggest snub I think was Devin Booker. We all probably agree that Devin Booker should have been picked. I had Devin Booker instead of Russell Westbrook, but seeing how as of um Westbrook oh, no. has... Russell Westbrook, I think every year he deserves to be all star. Well, I'm well, I'm talking this year. He started off bad, and he started to pick it up in January alone. And I feel like I don't that think it's fair should... to say bad. He, he just wasn't playing was... up to standard. He wasn't on OKC anymore. And he wasn't playing up to standard, so I feel like. He just shoot him I, bad. He was shooting bad, though. I'll say that he was shooting horribly. But I won't say he was playing bad. He was shooting bad. But he was playing. I feel okay. like I feel like Booker was playing better than he did, and Booker's still playing better than he is right now. I think I still feel. Now, <clears throat> NBA, um, Adam Silver. I have Adam Silver. You're not responsible. I just, I just, I just, um, I'm the trying to sit. remember the coaches are the ones who pick the reserves. So, oh yeah, so coaches, yeah. I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned because why is someone averaging 29 points and six assists, and he's not in the in, bro? What? I would say it's probably either games played, but I doubt it's that because he did Stop miss it. a lot of games. He did miss a lot of games, but he's on a losing team too. So, so why is Trey Young starting? Trey Young got voted in mostly by the fans. I will say that. Okay, fans are not coaches. He, he, he no, the starters. No, bro. I'm telling you, the starters get picked by the fan. The fan fans are fifty percent of the starters' vote, and then the other the other fifty percent is players and media. So, players, who started at the two guard this year? It's Kemba and Trey in the East. Bro, the media, the fans I pick, understand. The fans I understand. pick Trey. Okay. The media pick Trey. The players pick Trey. So. I understand. I understand the media, et cetera, et cetera. But as a coach in the NBA, as a GM in the NBA, who pick? You mean to tell me you're going to not pick a person? I don't care what team he's on, right? I don't care what team he's on. Once you average 29 in the NBA, off rip, aren't you like top five in scoring? Who's top five in scoring this year? Let me see who's top five in scoring this year. I got to go I look will, at that. I will say the coaches were consistent in picking their reserves because they, they they picked a whole bunch of... They they did... For their reserves, they did pick guys from winners. So they were consistent with that. I feel like Trey Young is the only loser in like the whole all-star thing when you think about it. Bro... Trey Young is the only he's the only guy with a losing record. So it's not just Bradley Beal. It's all the other guys on those bad teams that are putting up good numbers. Bradley Beal is at his fifth in scoring, though, bro. I know. I'm telling you, though, the coaches, they were consistent in what they were looking for, though. They were looking for winning. They they picked winners. When you look at all the all-star reserves, they all come from winning teams, minus Ingram. But Ingram has been like Ingram is like the most improved player candidate, so he kind of automatically gets that, and he's been semi leading um the Pelicans towards a playoff record. So I guess that's what it counts for. But yeah, Trey Young is like the only like legit loser in the whole All Star game. Regardless of anything I said of what they did and the decisions, it just won't. It will never sit right with me. You can average 
29 points and not make a World study. Basically, 30 points a game. That's basically 14 field goals a game. Come on, bro. I don't care when or not. That's an all-star. That's an all-star, bro. Bradley Bill. Devin Book, okay. Understandable. He's Bradley Bill, bro. Come on. 29 points? 29 points. I know yes. it's not all about scoring. Okay, you can say that. You can say that. He averaged six assists. He's not winning? Okay. You can look at the roster, et cetera. You can't sit here and tell me he's not an all-star, though. Yeah, his fiance was pissed too. Like she went on a whole Twitter thing where she was just going. I, I love the relationship. As she should though, bro. Because that's they get him dirty, bro. Not to mention, he's shooting 45%. Come on, bro. He's shooting 45% from the field goal, averaging 29 points. Like, what more? I mean, is he trying to win? Yeah. Is he getting wins? No. Is he an all-star though? He should be, and I honestly think someone. I think somebody should sit out. I I, I think Kyle Lowry shouldn't be there. <laughs> Yo, how I knew he was gonna go after Kyle Lowry, son. Now this is not a okay. Me and Kyle Lowry don't mix, right? Not it's not that he got beef with me. I got beef with him. I'm gonna be for him, but he just got to. I don't know. Kyle Lowry just you know Kyle Lowry. But I don't know you. I know <laughs> Kyle Lowry. You don't know me, but I don't like you. So yeah. So how I see it, man. He also did not play a lot of games this season unless I'm bugging. How much games did Kyle Lowry play this season? Let me go see. If he even played 30 I, games. I will say I don't defend Kyle Lowry, but I will say this in his defense. He did lead that team to, to wins when they were missing Siakam, Powell, Marc Gasol. Like, they were missing a lot of their key rotation pieces. Van Vliet. And, and, Kyle, and Kyle Lowry was – yeah, and Van Vliet. And Kyle Lowry was keeping them afloat, and he was keeping them around that two, three, four spot. And I mean, with that being said, I mean, I feel like that within itself should justify his All Star selection. What about Middleton? Middleton, I won. Middleton's the second best player on a potential seventy win team this year. That's the only reason he did. He averaged what twenty twenty point six rebounds for assists. I'm telling you, the coaches, they were consistent. They Most of them picked, in the East especially, the coaches were consistent. They picked guys from winning teams. That's, all, that's the only thing saving them, really. They, they picked the winners. But I just, it would never sit right with me. I get that, though. That but, would never um, sit right with me. Let's get into Rising Stars game. This game is, I don't know, it, it's exciting for like the first 10 minutes, and then it's like you, you keep it on in the background for like noise in the room. But <laughs> You, you you like keep it on to catch like some crazy dunks if they happen. But that's about it. That game, they really just be the whole lane out and let anybody score. So yeah, it just turned into like a dunk contest like halfway through the game. Or a chance of Dion Waiters, chance of ISO competitions, which I like to see. So I will watch. Nah, that that game was lit. Him versus Tim Hardaway. That was that was lit. definitely one of the better Rising Stars games with with um the best. That was probably yeah. the best. Yeah, that it's was not the best. best. I but know one yeah. of the best was definitely KD for sure. When KD played in that game, I know that was definitely. But yeah, here's the rosters for Team World. We got Nikhil Alexander Walker from the Pelicans. We got DeAndre Ayton. We got RJ Barrett. We got Brandon Clark, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Rui Hachimura, Svi Mikhailu, uh, Josh Okoji, and Mo Wagner. Um, and we got for the Team World. No, the team Team USA. We got Miles Bridges, 
Wendell Carter Jr., who they named, even though they gave him an injury replacement with Zion Williamson, um, Devontae Graham, Tyler Hero, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Eric Pascal, PJ Washington, Trey Young. And yeah, we had someone who was upset about the um being snubbed from this game. I never heard of anyone being really upset about being snubbed, but there was um Jackson Hayes of the New Orleans <laughs> Pelicans. He had said um he was on I believe it was Instagram it was Instagram his story. I don't know if it was his story or live, but he was like NBA y'all could see this right now. He's like, yo, NBA could suck my I won't say that right now, but and then he he said, Y'all could find me. Cause that's really he's like, it's really messed up. You know, they got guys out here. You know, I I deserve to be in this game, blah, blah, blah. And I was I'm surprised they didn't find him. Cause they didn't find him. They didn't find him because he didn't say in a post game interview. He said in his True. house. True. So that's why they said that. So that's why he didn't get fined. Um I mean that's still wild to me. I mean, <laughs> you want to play a rising star game, you didn't make it. I mean You know what you do? You grind you grind more next year, you make it next year as a sophomore. Boom. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other people who probably thought they should have made it and they didn't make it. They didn't yeah, make like Matisse Mat- um Matisse Thibel from the um from the Sixers, his his agent his agent said that he should have been in it and I thought that Mitchell Robinson should have been in it, but Mitchell Robinson didn't say anything, so I guess he's okay with it. I mean, bro, you average a hot eight and four. I mean, you're not a bad player. I ain't gonna say you suck or whatever, but like, don't sit there and behave like you're entitled to it because you had a. Like, you're not entitled to nothing. Facts. Even I mean, go ahead, we go. I mean, I, mean, his, I get his perspective. Like, I feel like he's probably just really bitter and upset because he's in New Orleans right now and he's really just in eye on the shadow and getting like, the attention he wants or hopes for. So, I mean, I get his, like, his frustration, but at the same time, it's just like, bro, you got to understand, like, you're barely playing minutes. And granted, you know, it is just a USA game, but, like, it's not that deep. It's not like that's an all-star game or something. Like, word <laughs> like it's just a regular like tournament game you can just like go to the it's, summer it's, basic, if it's, you a, really it's play an it exhibition out, game like, it's an exhibition <laughs> yeah. game it's yeah, not like, that it's not like you're losing money or something bro you you're, you're missing i mean you want extra clout okay on this thing you want extra clout and yeah i guess he want extra clout you know for his game but like I'm pretty sure there's other Rising Stars games and All Star games you could try to strive and make. So he could make the Rising Stars game next year. Like he acting like he a yeah, sophomore. Bro, you have time to it, make like... it. Like you don't gotta tell everyone to you know suck whatever. But like, <laughs> and at the same time, like, what example are you setting for the youth? Right. <laughs> yeah. For the youth. <laughs> Regardless of what you say, like, okay, we could be funny, whatever. But we gotta understand NBA players. Or people people look up to feel me like 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 Kobe bro like I I grew up watching Kobe of course losing Kobe is tough bro because that's like come on bro people people look up to you as an NBA player rookie or not still kids that look up to you because you're in the NBA facts so, I mean he he is younger than us so we got to take that in perspective too so. I don't care though because <laughs> you can be young yes 
but you're in a position where you're professional now. You're not in college. You're not in high school. You're professional, and whatever you say, as like at that level, goes viral. Facts. It goes viral because you're in you're in NBA, so you're relevant. So as a relevant person in in the NBA, you have no right to go and set that example for children to go say, okay, if you don't. If you don't add me to something I want to be in, everyone can suck what I like. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> Come on, bro. All right. See, this is not high school no more. Like, if it's high school, you make the All-American game. I understand that. I, you can go live and say that. You're in high school. But you're at the level where you're playing with grown men. You're playing against LeBron James. You're playing against the best basketball players in the world. And you're, you're on one of the, like, you're on national TV. You don't say stuff like that, matter or not, bro. Uh, let's get into these last um, all-star event participants before we close out the pod. Um, for the three-point shootout, we got Davis Bertans, Devontae Graham, reigning champion Joe, ha- Joe Harris from the Nets, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Duncan Robinson, and Trey Young. Uh, for me, I got Duncan Robinson winning this. For me, I got Bertans snapping. <laughs> Bertans got that chop. I won't hold. I won't hold. I'm you. not gonna lie. I got Trey Young. Mm. That's a good pick too. I got Trey Young because just because Trey Young, yep. <laughs> and that's supposed to be the next Curry. So I got Trey Young. Yo, no one picking that boy, buddy. One that. I mean, you never know though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean pause, but uh, you you never know if Heels can start. You know. I mean, buddy, Heels got a jump shot. But, um, yeah. I got Trey Young more than him. You know. Yeah. Um, his his parents grabbed me for naming him that son. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> 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 All right, we got the skills challenge participants. We got Patrick Beverly, who's actually a former champion of this event. We got reigning champion Jason Tatum. I think Spencer Dinwiddie also won this thing before too, and Derrick Rose as well. But Derrick Rose dropped out, and Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to take his spot now. We got Sabonis. He's going to be in this. Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, and Pascal Siakam. So, pretty interesting field. I mean, the skills challenge, you just you just throw it on because it's, it's on, I think. Because it's, yeah, it's something yeah. you All-Star on. Saturday night, you just throw the whole event on, and whatever happens, happens. Like, you don't really pay attention to it unless it's, like, something really popping going on. See, so, the only, the most exciting part about All-Star game is just when you see your favorite players ISO each other, bro. That's it. Facts. And you and see it, a fair player throwing alleys to each other. So otherwise, it's like, all right, bro. It's, I mean, it's a charity game. They have fun. I like to watch it. You know, it's not a, I mean, it's something I look forward to for sure. It was like this week, right? So definitely looking forward. Hopefully, I'm home. So, all right. And then we got the slam dunk participants. We got Derek Jones Jr., Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and that boy, Pat Connaughton from the Bucks. Hmm. I got it. Um, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, Aaron winning. I think, yeah, I think him and Derrick Jones Jr. are gonna last two. And then I think I'm gonna take Jones. Five. I'm gonna take Jones. I respect that. That boy Pat a sleeper. Oh, definitely Pat is a sleeper, but I'm gonna take Jones over him. Jones. Yeah, I Jones. get that. Jo- Jones kind of disappointed me last time he was in the contest, though. and that's why I got Jones because he gonna have to come out this time with some heat. So I, got I Jones hope so. Like, son's nickname is Airplane Mode. Like, you better come nah, out. Nah, I'm not going to lie. I see why, though. He's... Yeah, he be, he be taking off. He gets up there, yeah. Since since his, since his All-American days, he's been... Bro, I think 
I think it, it no, is is that his nickname? No, that's Ferguson. Ferguson they call Ferguson 2K. Um Derek Jones, since from early, he always could jump. So I got Derek Jones in that competition. And I got Trey Young for the deep one competition. The MVP of the All-Star game. Um that's that's like, a hard one, really, because everyone just be killing. So um, I would love for Giannis to get it just for him to have that on his resume. Cause it's like doesn't have to have that on your resume. That that's but. true. Cause mm-hmm. that, that that they actually put on your resume low key. Yeah, they do. Like when you look at guys' stuff, it says all star. Like, especially when they run back your retirement and they look back at your career, they also get the all star as um MVP. So mm-hmm. I, I hope Giannis get it. I actually I personally want Trey Young to get it. Or Luca. That would not be impossible. I mean, those guys get hot for a minute, and yeah, I want them two to get it because they're because they're second year players. I want to see where them get it. Really, them two are really the future of the eight. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Want, I'll say this: I don't want Kyle Lowry to get. It. I don't think he deserves it. Um. <laughs> I don't think he would have a chance of getting close to. It, like... If anybody has a least chance of getting an All Star MVP, I'm gonna go with Kyle Lowry. So. <laughs> Yeah. Ben Simmons didn't make it this year, right? He made it. He did? He didn't deserve it. <laughs> Him too. I, I don't hate Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons. But you didn't deserve it either, bro. I'm weak. Because your team should be better. But I guess because you're winning, you know? I guess you're winning, bro. So go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess I guess people who average 29 points, 30 points, so they don't deserve to be all Especially. All right, that's that's it for this week's topics. Thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you subscribe, follow wherever you're listening. Check out the website at thefastbreaklayup.com. We got some new stories out there. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at FBLNBAPod and Instagram at FBL underscore NBA pod. And that's it.